You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you been struggling lately? Maybe you're having trouble sleeping, difficulty with the relationship, or just suffering from self-doubt. Now, y'all know there's no shame in my game, and life has been life in lately. Trying to manage the priorities of being a wife, mom, friend, and full-time entrepreneur, it can get overwhelming. If this sounds like you, then BetterHelp wants to help you today. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. Talk to a therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There are over 20,000 therapists in BetterHelp's network, which gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. All you have to do is fill out a questionnaire to assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. How cool is that? Then you schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. You can also request a new therapist anytime at no additional charge. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced therapist from BetterHelp. There's a special offer to the Slaying Self-Doubt podcast listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash slang. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash slang, S-L-A-Y-I-N-G. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. You're listening to the Slaying Self-Doubt Podcast with Coach Felicia, where we empower Black women to overcome their doubts, fears, and insecurities in order to give birth to their God-given purpose. Join me and sometimes some of my friends on our journey as we remind you that you are not alone. I'm Felicia Wallace, and together we will find our fears and slay them. Hey, Slayers, welcome back to another episode of the Slaying Self-Doubt Podcast. I am here with Sarah McLeroy. (laughs) <laughs> from raise to rise i got it I, listen i was over here trying to get it and i was like we're gonna get this together McLeroy, how are you sarah thank you so much for joining us i'm doing well felicia thanks so much for having me here today oh you are so welcome so this conversation that we're going to have today guys um it's been very popular um over the last uh three years when we were in the panorama um and people were leaving their jobs when they realized it is something else I should be doing I could be doing with my time like it's like a a light bulb went off during the the panorama and um, they coined it the great resignation and so Sarah is here to talk to us about that but before we get into all of that uh, Sarah can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started yes Well, I am a former chief marketing officer and an ex-hustle culture devotee, (laughs) and I was uh, inspired to return to my journalism roots after becoming both the Wall Street Journal's poster girl for pandemic career burnout, as well as a member of the Great Resignation two times over, class Mm. of 2021 and 2022, all in a span of nine months. Now, on the other side of these back-to-back career failures and that burnout, it's like I'm reeling and I'm trying to figure out what has happened to me? What are other women experiencing? I can't be the only person who is going through a lot of this personal reckoning around work with Mm -hmm. as many millions of other women walking out the door at the same time during the great resignation. So I decided to speak with them to explore the stories, the breaking points and the defining moments that were leading them to seek greater opportunity in the wake of the pandemic as well. And that led me to found Raise to Rise, which is a journalism project and movement amplifying the powerful voices and stories of women from the great resignation. Yes. I love it. Like, first of all, you said two times. Okay. So yes. you was like, not, not only once am I going to resign, uh-huh. but I'm going to do it twice within nine months. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was not in the plan, not the game plan whatsoever. But I will say that if it hadn't been for both of those experiences, I would not be sitting here talking to you today because I wouldn't have had the 
the fuel for Raise mm. to Rise, if I'm honest. And sometimes we need those really hard moments where life turns out completely different from what we expected. And it's kind of holding our feet to the fire and calling us to do something bigger. And it can yes. be painful and it's scary. And there's so much self-doubt. So that's why I was so excited to talk to you today. But it's like, it is life is calling and saying like, you are here to do this. You got to take this leap, find it in you, whatever it's going to take. So yeah, it was, it was both that I needed. <laughs> yes. So let's, let's go back a bit. Okay. So I want to know what is it, you know, everybody had their reasons, especially during like that 2020, 2021, was so much uncertainty, um, yes. all the things that were going on. What do you think was the, um, what was your reason for your first resignation? Yeah. Well, for the first one, I was a, I recently become a chief marketing officer for a private equity backed wellness concept that was scaling nationally. And for me, I was going from a senior manager in a global organization to a CMO because it was a much smaller company, but it's like, okay, on paper, I'm reaching the C level, which is what I thought I always wanted. Mm. I need to prove myself. I was the youngest member of the executive team and um, not even just treated as like the kid's sister, oftentimes like really caught in a lot of toxicity between that team. So I'm trying to prove myself there, hold it all together, not show any weakness. And I'm juggling an executive MBA program I have just a couple semesters left when the pandemic hits. And so I'm thinking, okay, I just, just have to get through these next however many months and get to graduation. It'll all be okay. So I started really unsustainably burning the candle at both ends and was working up to 20 hours a day between both of those responsibilities, work and school, mm -hmm. and had a couple of episodes of throwing up blood that landed me in PR that I did not appropriately, I mean, I knew, right, like as anybody would, you know, something's not right, but it's, yeah. and it's not like I wasn't ever going to do anything about it. It was more just like, I have to just keep going with the way things are right now because I don't have a choice, or at least I felt like I didn't have a choice, right? Yeah. So I kept going. And then even after I graduated, I ended up getting shingles because that environment was just so toxic and I had just mm. burned my run myself into the ground and burned out so hard. So ultimately that's why I quit that job. I'd only been there for 10 months and my, I was always that good girl before mm -hmm. this like corporate, good girl, school, good girl, everything. So it was like leaving before you hit a year to have a role on your resume. First time you're in a C-level role, it's like, that's not going to look so hot that I just, when I had the shingles diagnosis and the doctors telling me like, you're going to have to take um essentially eight days off from work to recover and i am overjoyed because i've got this <laughs> permission to stop and to rest for a socially acceptable reason i didn't have to go you know into the office and tell these people that i was not enjoying working with and who yeah. already didn't respect me that i'm struggling it was like you've got a physical literal physical doctor's note not to do this and i had this just this overwhelming sense of relief and that was when it was like okay Sarah so proud of you you've got you you know you were going after the life the way you thought it was meant to be and what would be that perfect on paper life but this isn't living and so that's why I hit mm -hmm. the reset button the first time yeah so first of all thank you for sharing that because um so many people don't realize how stress affects your body, yes. right? Yes. Um, a few months ago, I did a um, speech at uh, for this event and I was sharing my self-doubt story. And, you know, I, um, a part of it, well, the, the biggest part of it is that I had uh, three episodes of Bell's Palsy. And oh, wow. then like a five year period. And when I finally started to do the work to figure out what it was like, cause I'm like, at this point, something got to be wrong. Like, listen, yeah. I'll the cap out on all the insurance benefits that I have <laughs> right now. Like sure. we run, run every test I need. And, you know, I worked in healthcare, so I had, you know, some things accessible to me, like different type of specialists. And so finally I found somebody who was a Bell's palsy specialist. And once they went through my record and looked at everything, it's like, yes, yeah, so there's nothing medically wrong with you. And I'm like, now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Like I looked you up and they told me it was like, it was stress. And I was like, yes. now what now? And they're like, yeah. your body basically 
attacked itself. And the result is that you have paralysis in your face, right? And so it's like, we don't understand, we don't know how our bodies work. We don't know, we don't know the extent of it, right? We know the things that we yeah. can do, um, where we can push ourselves to serve, but we don't know the negative effects. And that was kind of the beginning of me being like, yeah, I can't ever be in this space again. So some things yeah. I'm not going to be able to have to wear. So you knowing that and like the effect that people don't realize that they're sick all the time at work, right? And they associate yes. it with, oh, it's the way that I'm eating. I need to be healthier. I need to do something different. Maybe it's my sleeping. And sometimes it's your job. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it well, is. the Surgeon General just released their guidelines around toxic work environments mm -hmm. and the implications for mental and physical health. Like this mm -hmm. is real stuff we are talking about. And we have been... Uh, mostly conditioned to just show up at work and like suck it up. It's kind yeah. of in our American DNA, like yeah. work harder, suck it up, do a better job, get a thicker skin. And we are realizing that the, the toll that takes on our mental mm. and our physical health is not worth it. So yeah. yeah, no, I'm so sorry to hear you went through that same experience too, but like, yeah, sometimes that's what it takes to wake us up and make us realize like really raise the mirror to ourselves and say, what is this doing to me? The way mm -hmm. that I'm living, is this really good for me? Can it be different? And what <laughs> within my self-doubt do I need to slay right. to be able to make change? Yeah. And and I think um, one of the other things that you were saying was uh, how you felt like in the space that you were in that you had to prove yourself and you had to yes. live up to other people's expectation and that is the story of most women that they yes. were always working harder to prove that we Amen. deserve yes. to this space that we earned it and and we can't show any weakness we have to grin and bear it right like you know yeah. we we can't we, we can't just sit on the sidelines you know so when you said I have a legitimate reason why I can't go to work because as if to say the reason to say I don't like my job and y'all are toxic isn't even <laughs> yeah. enough, right like it's not enough to say that y'all are stressing me out right like this is exactly. not an environment for me it was kind of like you know we've been accustomed to prior to you know this I would say the pandemic changed a lot of things for a lot of people but it really was like I don't ever want to go back to that I don't ever want to go back to excusing certain behaviors and certain environments just because it was right and I feel like that is what this this great resignation is doing for people is like I don't have to put up with this yes, <laughs> I don't have to do absolutely. this I don't have to be space I do have to be in your cohort I don't have to share your space there are so many and, and I think also not only for the employees but for the employers that got it right that was like you know what we should be doing things differently are the ones who said you know what I get more work out of my people when they're at home they're more productive and they're happier when they do remote work and we give them flexibility instead yep. of just like putting them in this box or this wheel and say, run. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, absolutely. No, it's been this huge wake up for, for everyone to say like, well, you, you bring it back to even when we had the shutdown from the pandemic and all of a sudden these arbitrary rules mm -hmm. and these these social contracts that we had all signed about how the world and the economy works and how we all have to work and being um, at an office five days a week, for example, for those who could pivot to more of that remote working, all of a sudden it becomes like, okay, if that's not the gospel truth, right. I have to be in the office five days a week to do my job. What else regarding mm -hmm. the unwritten rules around career, job, all of that, do, am I am I subscribing to that maybe aren't actually true? And it's like, you start to pull that thread, that loose thread on the sweater, you start to see that there's a lot more to be pulled there and yeah. to be examined. And, and really it, to consciously examine our belief systems around these things. Yeah, absolutely. And and we're still learning, right? On both sides. Yes. And I, I just, I'm, I'm, you know, I always say that, um, you know, the, the pandemic, like I said, the pandemic was definitely a wake up call. It wasn't anything anybody asked for, but it definitely yes. was a blessing for some people. Right. Like it really, it, you know, pivoted them into a place that they would not have gone into otherwise. And so totally. they, even with the uh, the um, 
trying to think of the word, the heaviness of it and the, you know, the deaths and all of that stuff, there yeah. are still some blessings that came out of it. Um, and so for those, you know, even for myself, I'm grateful for the transition because even for me, I would have still been in healthcare uh, during that time. And I left oh, like sure. uh, months before it with no, you know, wow. no one knew. And so it's just like, oh my gosh, I would have been, you know, frontline and my, you know, a worker, my kids being at home by themselves for two years. And I was just like, thank you. You got me up out of there before. Yes. <laughs> I had to quit. Yeah. I would have been a part of this great resignation. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, no, so this is not for crazy. me. Um, so let's talk about, you know, where this is laying self-doubt. So when you knew that this was like all of these things were happening and as that, you know, your health issues were coming up and even in the first time and the second time, because, um, in both times, how did self-doubt show up in your journey? Sure. Well, the first time was really in the second guessing myself along the way. I mean, if I'm completely honest, I knew that job wasn't going to work four months in, maybe even sooner. Mm. So I started in July of 2020. And then by November, when I really had my first realization, like full on clarity moment that this wasn't going to work. It was the weekend of Thanksgiving. I was working on a final for my business law course. And it was a take home exam, which was very generous of the professor, like in, in sort of like the midst of all the pandemic chaos, the professors mm -hmm. were pretty supportive with certain things to help us make it through. But I'm working on this take home exam and, um, that Thursday, I'd been working a little bit. So like Thanksgiving day, working a little bit, went to the gym. I get a call from my boss, who's the founder and the CEO of the company, because he's going back and forth with the, the chairman of the board, who's part of the private equity firm. And they're going back and forth about something. And he wants to talk to me about it on Thanksgiving day. Mm. And I'm about to hop on a Zoom call with my family across the country. And I'm just like, this is so petty. <laughs> yeah. Don't even I am being called. And then of course he's like, well, we don't have to work on it today, but you know, let's talk tomorrow. And so I'm like, okay, fine. I've got the final that I'm working on, but sure. So then it took me longer on the final to finish that up the next day, Black Friday. I texted him later that night and said, I, I'm not going to be able to, to work on this today. Um, we also had a little bit of a snafu around the way our Black Friday promotion was running earlier that day. So I was already um, getting some interesting texts between mm. some of the team members because they didn't like the way it had turned out and stuff. So that was kind of frustrating. And I was like, you know what, I'll just go into the office tomorrow, the Saturday after Thanksgiving to try and make up for mm. the thing go right yesterday to make up for the call that he'd wanted to do on on Thanksgiving and I go into the office and I get chewed out by my boss I'm the, I mean I'm the only person in the office the Saturday of Thanksgiving because it's the Saturday of Thanksgiving right but I'm chewed out and told this is not a nine to five job and it's like and I was telling you I was working up to 20 hours a day now they weren't seeing all of that because it was school as well and I was saying well you know Hey, I'm doing the best that I can. I'm here at the office right now. School is going to be done in about a month. And he's like, well, well, good. I'm, you know, I'm glad it's going to be done because it's showing that you're, you're kind of like caught up in that and stuff. Oh. And it's just like, he like, let's look around. And then I spent six hours going back and forth with him at the office that day as he's dictating messages, he wants me to send back to the, the guy from the private equity firm. And it's just like, this is so weird and so mm -hmm. bizarre. And Anyway, and then I ended up talking to him like every single holiday through the rest of the year. I there were so many other situations with lying, backstabbing, gaslighting, manipulating, yeah. stuff like that, like just really playing fast and loose with morals and ethics with some of these other folks. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I knew, Felicia, I knew that it wasn't gonna work out, but I told myself that I I couldn't leave the job before mm. uh, a year and it was like the perfect on paper job. I felt like I just needed to hold on, but I'm doubting and second guessing that part of me that knew many months before I actually left that I was going to have to go. And so it took my body screaming at me through shingles to be yes. like, this is going to have to happen. Now, at that time, I was interviewing for the job that became my second great resignation. And the timing was um, incredibly serendipitous and in that I get diagnosed on a Tuesday night and the next Wednesday and Friday are my two final interviews for that job. So it was even better because I was going into the office for the old job and I wasn't really able to 
hide that I was doing interviews, but I was off for shingles. I took those two interviews and I did get that job, but it was like, even if I don't get it, I'm not walking back into that office yeah. after my shingles break without knowing there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I will put in my resignation. So I even got a verbal offer on the job and um, the recruiter said, Sarah, don't quit yet. And it was the last day I was going to be out for shingles. And I still called and I turned in my resignation because I'm just like, I at this point, I don't care. I just yeah. can't. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. That is so. So everything that you said made so much sense. Right. Like the, the fear of what you all the things that you worked hard for to get to this place but your everything in you your body is like you said screaming at you run and we still say well maybe (laughs) maybe i'm wrong right and it's this thing of like really trusting ourselves trusting our gut trusting we say it right but do we actually do it and most times no because you say like you said you knew you knew before your body knew that yes. you you this was not going to work but the fear of what it would look like the fear of um all the things that you like I said that led up to this moment what that would look like to yeah. other people continued to let you just stay in this space right and absolutely. um absolutely and it's it's a thing that it 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 when every time I had like in my try to find better words for it but it's like it's we annoy ourselves so much <laughs> because <it's> like, <laughs> if you had just listened the first time you were telling yes. yourself to leave, you know, yeah. but like you said, everything, everything is for a purpose. And if you had not gone through that, you would have left. Right. But you wouldn't have got that the next job, which you ended up yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. So, so then what led to the second resignation? Yeah. Well, no, you're, you're spot on in that the way that I am, I I do really look at all of this now is that like it, it had to happen too with as, as deeply ingrained as my good girl conditioning was, Mm -hmm. it was going to have to take experiences that were breaking me in half to get me to make a move because otherwise I was just going to keep my head down, keep working, just hoping I could make it. Mm. better get these people to respect me like just hang on and make it through um but on the other side I get this job I moved down to Florida it's um it's a director level job a bigger company and um I'm way better at reducing my hours I'm like I am not gonna do what I did before Mm -hmm. I'm working more normal schedule I'm making yoga and meditation and self-care and all these things a priority but I've got this like this nascently healing burnout wound and it's uh, it's getting better, but it's not completely healing. And I couldn't really figure out why. And then it finally just hit me like a ton of bricks that burnout isn't just that overworking piece. So actually the, the part around the toxic culture in that other organization, like I knew it was toxic, but somehow in my mind, I had parsed that out from burnout, just being overworking. Like burnout mm. is very much a part of the toxic culture thing too. Yeah. And that's what happened down here is that I moved into an organization that was incredibly misogynistic. There was a member of the executive team making sexually harassing comments that weren't addressed for months. Mm. And finally, by the end of that as like I'm cl- I'm clearly seeing my voice isn't being heard they do months after even HR overheard one of the comments they finally do an investigation but it's such a just a, a performative farce of an exercise yeah that I like I- I'd given them 3,000 words of documentation detailing four months of missteps across the company not even just this one person but mm. other people and essentially like failure to act and sort of like a negligent handling of all of it. And, um, the, the HR woman comes back to me, she puts an hour on my calendar for the readout after the investigation. And instead she reads back to me 10 bullet points, 192 words in less than four minutes. And there's like, there's really nothing new as Mm. far as anything that was happening. It was mostly like legal boilerplate and things that were, uh, happening beforehand and stuff and so it was like okay this is just for you all to get me off your backs I'm not gonna do this and so I quit the next day with no two weeks notice I wrote this like blistering 
anti-harassment resignation letter, power of women's voices, <laughs> uh, tur turned it in and sent it not only to my boss, but HR and the CEO the next morning as I'm in the office, like hit send on it, leave my laptop, walk out the door. And it was just like, oh my God, I don't, I don't even know who I am anymore. <laughs> it was the Man. I don't know who I am, what I'm doing, what's going to happen from here. But I just knew like I to that point of breaking open, like break me in half. Otherwise, I wouldn't have opened up to this yeah. version of me, this version with a voice, a story, a movement, a, um, a message and like fuel to elevate this conversation around what other women are experiencing yeah. too, because I don't want us to lose momentum to so your point of the silver lining coming out of what happened during the pandemic in this sort of workplace reckoning. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want us to lose that as yeah. companies are putting this back in the box and the return to work and everybody just wanting it to go back to, or at least the leaders wanting it to go back to the way it was. And I don't want us to lose the ground we've gained. Yeah, no. So Again, thank you for sharing that because even in you telling your story, I, it is so, you know, a lot of, I've heard some people like, I don't understand why I have to share, you know, certain things or, you know, I'm, un I'm comfortable with sharing this. Hey, share whatever you want to share. But yeah. the power behind sharing your story a lot of times is that there's someone listening to this whenever they listen to it, who is going to be like, yo, that is me. Like this, yeah, Sarah absolutely. is me, right? Sarah is me. And, and, and she, listen, there's this meme going around, um, this, uh, reel of a lady. I think, I don't even know if the original is this, this is what I saw. Like she put on an outfit and then she's just like, I just unlocked a different character. Like, I don't, who is this? Right. Yeah. And so when you said you walked out, it was like, wait a minute, who, who is this? Cause good girl, Sarah. Yes is gone right like we yeah. we are shaking some stuff up and we about to we we blowing this whole thing up because clearly much. you guys are not hearing me and to the original point of like everything had to happen in that order for you to be able to say yeah like what i'm about to do is i'm about to shine a light on all of this because this right here even though it's a part of this like great resume to your point like it's about that moment that happened in that time but people have been wanting to leave their jobs for forever right yes and absolutely. they are miserable absolutely. they're going through these things and they don't know what to do so I wanted wow. to ask like why do you think people stay so long in jobs that they're actually miserable in and yeah. I'm look, I'm sitting here like, okay, so I mean, jobs, relationships, marriages, friendships. Yes. I mean, we can run it down, right? Like, so why do you think people stay so long in anything that they're miserable in? Yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's you make a great point. It really is one and the same as far as the universality of what holds us back in all of those situations. You know, we know from the standpoint of our biology and our brains, our nervous systems, we crave stasis and certainty and stability. And so anything that's going to shake our snow globe so much mm -hmm. is going to require us to, to give up those pieces, like the security blankets that have mm -hmm. kept us hate them right we at least know it it's like the devil you know versus the devil you don't like we know yeah. that devil and we're not even willing to let go of it to move toward what could be something that's much better for us because uncertainty is like drives our brains crazy there was a study i think it was published in 2016 that looked at our brains on uncertainty and we prefer to know that a negative outcome is happening than have uncertainty with the possibility of a positive outcome. Like that's mm. how much our brains are programmed to, to not, um, to avoid uncertainty, I guess I should say. And that goes back to thinking about like uncertainty was really the greatest threat to our survival for a very long time through our genetic yeah. lineage. So that really comes into play. But then as I've been interviewing women, what happened is that I first put out a call for stories to speak to women who had already quit during the great resignation because I wanted to hear their stories as well. Like what were they experiencing and what was leading them to, to turn in their resignation letters? And I had in the first crunch almost an equal number of women who wanted to connect who 
were feeling stuck in jobs and wanted to quit, but felt like they couldn't. And I would speak to these women and these would be brilliant women with great careers. You know, what I, I would imagine would be enough stability to even think about getting like a switching a corporate job, but they would think like, I can't even think about trying to get a new corporate job because I'm too old or I don't think mm. I can find some the, the same I pay or am paid now or like all these things and reasons and it's like watching these brilliant women watch walk into these glass walls in their mind mm-hmm. and it um it became like because I'm categorizing their reasons I came to find that there are really like three main categories the first is fear and fear is like so wily and cunning and it manifests in so many different ways self-doubt I put mm-hmm. in the fear category but it's like you can tame fear in one way and it will pop up in another because yep. again, it's a biological wiring to keep us safe. So it could be like, okay, I tame the self-doubt. I feel confident. Like I don't have imposter syndrome uh, related to this move. I'm going to be okay. And, and I'm, I'm, I feel confident in doing it, but then I could have it pop up in other ways. Like uh, it could be money fears or something mm-hmm. like that you know what i mean it's like a nine-headed hydra like yeah. a game of whack-a-mole with fear that you have to watch out for because our brains will do what it takes to keep us safe the next category is really that conditioning and that good girl conditioning what a career should look like what i should do uh women for the most part we've been taught to suppress our needs and put mm-hmm. the needs of others first in yep. our society and to be loyal. And so we worry about our teams and the people we leave behind or like, what will other people think? And this isn't what I quote unquote should do. So that anything that falls in that sort of like external um, sort of beliefs that we've picked up or conditioning, that's, that's really that second category. And the third is limitations of our biology, both cognitive and our body. So cognitive being like cognitive biases, um, logical fallacies as we're making these decisions. So for example, like sunk cost fallacy. Well, I can't leave this job. I've invested 10 years here. I'm, yeah. you know, a year away from a promotion or I can't throw out my nursing degree to go into something different because I spent all that time and money investing in that. So like mm-hmm. our brains will get in the ways in, in, in that form. But then to your point of the physical aspect of things, I had an awesome interview with this woman who, um, is an emergency room doctor in the Houston area. And we were talking about how the body is so brilliantly adaptive to stress Mm -hmm. that we often don't know just how much a job is taking from us until we hit a breaking point moment because we get almost that frog in a boiling pot of water situation because our biology is so smart. It's like, you're in a stressful situation. I'm going to figure out how to adapt and survive in this. If we're going to go in every day, like our bodies figure out how to adapt. And she was talking about it from the standpoint of like cardiovascular disease, for example, like that's known as the silent killer because there aren't indications until it's hitting a breaking point, like our blood pressure is rising or the shingles or Bell's palsy or those things, because Mm -hmm. our bodies were just trying to keep us, keep us safe there. So we don't even know the toll it's taking until it really, like really hits the fan. Yeah, no, that is so good. Yeah. As you were talking, I was thinking about, um, even in my transition when I, you know, left my job and I knew, um, like, okay, I know that, Although I love my job, I enjoyed the people that I work with. When you said that a lot of the women were feeling stuck, that was exactly how I felt, right? I felt like there's so much more out here for me, but I could not do anything else if I stayed there. Like, it was like, it was like everything in me knew whatever it is on purpose to do would never come to fruition as long as I'm in this space but I loved it so much (laughs) right that I was wrestling you know basically with God like are you sure this is what you want me to do you know like I I believe you and I know this is what you want but right now things are good right now I'm comfortable right now I I feel like I've, I've I've worked so hard that now I'm in a space where oh let's not forget okay the 10 years prior to me leaving that I was in this burnout phase that I was doing everything mm. to kind of prove my worth and I was trying to prove that yes. I deserved to be there because like you I was the l- youngest person in leadership and yeah. all the before me had left and so I'm I'm the most senior person here 
but I'm also know that I they don't look at me because I'm 20 something years old and the rest of these women are in their fifties. Like that's not my fault. <laughs> I don't yeah. have anything to do with that. Right. But when it was time for me to go, like I really had to just come to grips with the fact that it is something greater for you. It is something that you desire and you will never know what it is until yes. you take this leap. Right. And I say yep. every day, I I'm so grateful that I didn't listen to myself, right? And that I really just operated in faith and just stepped out and was like, okay, let's just see what happens because the joy, the fulfillment, the freedom that I have now would never, I wouldn't even be, I would not be talking to you today if I was still working in that job. It wouldn't be impossible. I'd probably be just getting home for work. Like (laughs) that is the truth, you know? Um, And then something else that you said that made me think of something that my therapist told me a while ago, um, and so she says, when we think about self and self abandonment versus self authenticity, mm-hmm. we choose self abandonment because there's less risk. And yes, absolutely, the authentic thing to do is to quit your job, <laughs> yeah. right? But the you you choose self abandonment because you're already safe. You're already in that your comfort zone. And I heard something today that said, um it was a sermon and you know he was having people to say like what do you want more and somebody said Comfort- comfortability or something he's like you don't want that people die in their comfort zone that oh, <laughs> like yeah. they don't move right and so as you were saying it's like it's more to life than what we think it is right like and so I, I really don't I, you know I want to put a disclaimer like this isn't like go to your job and be like I'm out of here. Who's coming with me? We don't want a Jerry Maguire moment, right? Like you have to know, you have to know yourself. You have to know your breaking points. You have to know what it is. And so, Sarah, I'm going to ask you, um, I'm going to ask you this, and then I'm going to ask you my question. Cause I, now I'm, I'm like, I I knew I was going to love it, but I'm in it now. I'm in this conversation. (laughs) So how do you know if you've reached your boiling point at your job? Like, when do you know, okay, it's time to go. Did you hear that ad at the beginning of the show? If you're a business owner looking to expand your reach, you can promote your company or product with a host read pre-row or mid-row ad by me on the Slang Self-Doubt podcast. If you want more information, email info at FeliciaWallace.com. That's info at FeliciaWallace.com. Now, back to the show. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so I love your your caveat around the Jerry Maguire moment because I'm somebody who basically had my own Jerry Maguire moment minus the goldfish and calling other people <laughs> to come with me, but a very sort of like burn it down, I'm out sort of a moment. And it's generally not what I would recommend. If you can avoid it, like don't do that because it is super hard on your nervous system and your your life to, to upend it like that. Yeah. So it's this amazing thing that I was, I was so surprised as I started interviewing women and came to see that a red thread or the really the singular red thread connecting all of their stories was that all of them had reached a place of just knowing that they had to quit their jobs. And Mm. some women would also do, you can do, you know, budgets and spreadsheets and pro con lists and talking to other people and things like that. But ultimately those more, cerebral exercises and mental gymnastics, those were secondary to a part of them that just knew. Mm -hmm. Now I was floored by this because you think about what we're taught as far as how we should approach our careers. It's logic and rationality and pragmatism. It's like, find that linear career path, climb the ladder, chase fancier titles, pull down fatter paychecks and Mm -hmm. like you're guaranteed quote unquote air quotes here uh a happy successful secure stable life or you know whatever that allegedly right (laughs) more so than ever though there are no guarantees like that and it's almost like with what happened in the upending of the pandemic is that we've reconnected with more of this gut instinct within us so whereas like logic and rationality like flew out the window when all of a sudden everybody were immersed in a global health crisis and a black swan event. It's like mm-hmm. the thing, what do you go back to at that point? And so I think subconsciously, I don't think it's been a really like overt thing, but I think women, we've been returning to this part of us that is just 
deeper and wiser and knows what is best for us. And I deeply believe that we all have this part in us. It's just a matter of reconnecting with her, uncovering her, like shedding all the layers yeah. of the crap that we want or what other people think about us or what we quote unquote should believe all those things, but that that part of us is, is there within us. So that is the most important thing is like, when you know, I believe that, you know, now that doesn't mean that you have to, you go in, you Jerry Maguire tomorrow, right. but you honor that knowing and you mm. start your, your exit plan, what your next step's going to look like. You lean into the dream of like, what would I really want to do? Because if you're going to go to the trouble of quitting your job, you know, of course, sometimes there are scenarios like, you know, I've certainly been there, like harassment, discrimination, really toxic situations. Sometimes you do almost need, you know, I was telling this story to uh, a woman a couple days ago, and she was saying that that second job that I had, she had a similar situation like that too. It's like a, a rebound boyfriend, mm, almost like a yeah. rebound place <laughs> of like, get me out of the last one. I'm so miserable. It's breaking me. I just need to get out. Like sometimes that happens. But the more that we have the ability to, to, to talk ourselves through, like honor that knowing, don't uh, disregard it. And it, it kind of sounds silly to even think about like talking to ourselves like that part of us, but your point of self-abandonment and self-betrayal we don't acknowledge those parts of ourselves mm. that tell us we mm -hmm. are supposed to do something that goes against the status quo. And when yeah. we suppress that and ignore it, that's when it builds into those physical manifestations or mental and emotional that our bodies and our minds will get our attention at some point. So the more that we can honor that and be like, okay, Sarah, I hear you. We are going to get out of here. We're going to do it in a, in a way that is gentle and loving to ourselves. And yeah. we're going to figure out what the dream looks like next. Like give yourself the time and space if you can to use the power of your intellect to, to map out what comes next, but really you're leaning with more of that intuitive, like gut instinct part of you. Yeah, no, I think that is so true. And as you, as you were talking, I was thinking like, it really is the the slang of the slang of the self doubt, right? <laughs> because yeah. trusting yourself that is what is stopping most yes. of us from doing whatever the next Completely. scary thing is is that we don't trust ourselves that we'll be able to do the next thing. We don't trust in you know for you know for me and in, in um as a believer, I'm like if if I know that God has supplied all my needs. I have to believe that he's going to supply yeah. afterwards, even if I leave this job, right? Because if he got me here, he'll get me to the next thing. And so sometimes also just reminding yourself of your previous wins, right? There's a lot of times the things that happen, they look different, they evolve. It's some some stuff is yes. bigger than other. But most of the time we've been in the same situation over and over again um, in some kind of way. And it it's that if we've gotten here is because we've gotten through all the other things that are yes. behind us, right? And so just trusting that. I love that. Um, this definitely, so I knew, like I said, I knew this was going to be a great conversation because <laughs> I'm like, you know, there's so many people out here that this is yeah. why I say self-doubt shows up in every area of your life it is not a one thing which is the other yes. reason why it's not a one-time fix right because you could fix it or acknowledge it and do the work in your marriage but then it's in your parenting and then yeah. you go, okay I'm going to fix my parenting but now it's in my career okay well now I need to go deal with my money and now I need to deal with my health and now I need to deal with myself right and all of those things. So it's just going to continue to show up. But I think that having these conversations, one of the things that you were saying earlier about, you know, as the world is returning back to, okay, you know, I've noticed a lot of people's like, first time back to work since March of 2020. And I was looking like, why? Like, why? <laughs> you know, in my mind, I'm saying to myself, why are they making people go back? Like, yeah. what is what is the big yeah. deal? Now, some of it is they bought these buildings Somebody got to use them. Because, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, they, they paying on them. So somebody needs to be in the buildings. And so at this point, you know, whatever. But it's like, how do, like you said, how do we make sure we don't go back into that space? And I, as you were saying that, I say, it's about having these conversations. It's about doing what it is that you do to make people aware that it doesn't have to be this way. We don't have to right. go backwards. We do not have to return to the box or to the circle or the, the the hamster wheel of life it doesn't yeah. have to be that way so um 
I'm I'm proud of you for what you're doing in in getting it out here and having these conversations with these women and to let people know that they're not by themselves, right? Because I I would have it that when you were going through it, you like, I am the only person out here that just decided to walk up on my job. <laughs> It's a lonely place, right? Like, especially because, because self-doubt for me to that point of what we were talking about and the ways that uh, we're held back when we know we need to leave and, you know, our very well-intentioned brain and bodies get in our way. But self-doubt really is like, it is anchored in that fear. And part of fear is that it is very isolating too. Mm -hmm. That voice can tell us like, try to keep us small, try to hide it from other people, try to make us feel like we're the only people going through it. And yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that was one of the things too that inspired Raise Her Eyes is that I, especially on um, on the front end of like that that first resignation, or I guess I should say right after, after I'm, I move, I'm cutting back on my hours and like things aren't completely healing. Like they're, they're healing a good amount. And actually that was during the time that my story was picked up by the Wall Street Journal. And I did a podcast episode from them and it kind of ends like Sarah's found more peace and a balanced life living on the water. And yes, that was true. But like the, the toxicity of the culture was still a paper cut mm. walking in there every single day. But like, as I'm spending then hours on the internet, Googling like, okay, what do I do now? Like burnout, healing, all of these things. It's like, there's so many just articles and like platitude packed listicles and things like that. But like, I wanted gritty, messy, hands in the clay learnings. Like I wanted <laughs> from other women mm -hmm. what they had been through and how they healed. And it was harder to find surprisingly than I thought, because you're right, there is like such magic in our unique stories and our unique experiences. And the, when I talked to women too, many of them talked about seeds planted by hearing other people's experiences mm -hmm. and stories. And if plant that seed to build even just the smallest bit of belief that it's possible for me, because it's possible for that other person, a yeah. name, a person name and a face, right? Not just advice on the internet from somebody who's just churning out blog content. Like right. that is so powerful. Yeah, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. Which is the reason why I say like doing this series of the journey behind the business allows people to see other people right who are like no they're going through this this is yes. really happening it isn't no fluff i'm we giving you the like you said I'm, we giving you the 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 realness of it so that there is yeah. no sugar coating it because you have to get to the other side like in the you know there is another side once you yes. start doing the actual work and so um what have you learned about yourself during this journey that you didn't know before yeah well I think a, a couple things really come to mind, really that I did. And, you know, there's that, there is something a lot to be said for hindsight bias, right? Like getting on the other side of a journey and then being able to look back and say, oh, I knew that it yeah. should have been like X, Y, and Z, or I saw it. But, but I think there's something really real to that too. And I look back and I'm like, she knew <laughs> that mm, version of mm -hmm. Sarah along everything that she needed to do. And she was right about it the whole time. But she was fighting herself, warring mm. with herself, rational brain versus gut, you know, going head to head, round after round. And that is like, that in and of itself creates so much cognitive dissonance and inner turmoil and stress and like activates the fight or flight response in the nervous yeah. system, like all in and of itself, let alone the toxicity of these cultures were problematic for me. But yeah, so I can look back and even though... Uh, as we were saying right before we started this, like slaying self-doubt, like this is getting up and slaying that dragon every single day. Mm -hmm. Like it is not, some days are better and easier than others when you collect more proof points or data points of trusting yourself, yep. seeing that thing work out or, uh, you know, working out in such a way that you figure it out, right? Like you're, as long as you're building uh, data points or collecting data points in the direction of a net positive outcome, like it becomes a little bit easier. But there are days that like you still will have so much struggle, but it's yeah. about coming back to that relationship with yourself and nurturing that self-trust, honoring 
what your your intuition and your body are telling you. Like all of those things are things that I've learned about myself that I just never did, Felicia. Honestly, I didn't even know there was a deeper, wiser part of me or like a a, a still small voice that is my intuition. Like I just yeah. didn't even know it was there, let alone how to connect with it. So that's the first thing. And then I think the second thing too, is that I have really come to appreciate, even as this, and I'm sure you can speak to this too, like you start going out on your own and doing, building something from nothing that mm -hmm. is, there's like no well-worn trail ruts for the direction <laughs> that you're headed. It's like, not only is it challenging you in the space of building whatever that business is, but it's like, guess what? You're going to lose some, you're going to strip some like layers of other unhealthy beliefs or things that are holding you back even in your personal life. Yes. And it's like, for me, what I realized is one of the things that I really cling to is knowing what the path is going to be. And I've had a lot of that as of late where it feels like, you know, nothing's like really cracking and crumbling in earnest, but things are not working out exactly on the timeline that I expected or mm -hmm. exactly the way that I wanted to. And I am white knuckling it rather than just surrendering and mm. being like, you know, just accepting and being in the present moment and just like letting it flow, letting life flow in the way, whatever the universe God wants it to. Yeah. I am fighting it and I'm creating so much. We create suffering for ourselves by Ooh. having these expectations that you know, when something doesn't match it, our mind immediately goes to a a thought, a negative judgment, which right. creates a negative feeling. And then yep. we spin ourselves up versus if I could just flow <laughs> and be like, it's okay that that thing that I, or that path that I had to the next piece of this puzzle isn't exactly the way I thought it was going to be. And if I just surrender and accept that, this journey would be so much more pleasant. <laughs> Man, Sarah, you are speaking to my soul right now, okay? <laughs> because what she's talking about, y'all, is releasing control. That is yes. what the difficulty is with um <laughs> with everybody, right? <laughs> Let's just be honest. It's not just us. But no, you are absolutely right. It is is stretching. Um, and and like you said, it goes against the things that we've been taught, right? The habits that we created before we even got to this place, the stuff that was ingrained in us that we've seen that it's just like, what the, why can't someone just tell me, why can't I know how it's going to end? Yes. And, you know, I have to remind myself often that you can't know how it's going to end because you probably wouldn't do it. <laughs> if yeah. you knew what was coming, like in real life, if yeah. you knew what's coming, you'd be like, you know what? Let me go and see who's hiring because <laughs> this is exactly. this. I, I'd rather deal with this because I know what to do. This right here is too scary. It's that that trusting yourself thing and stuff still being scary. But at the same time, the reward is moments like this, right? Moments where you're having this conversation and you're saying, this is why I do this. This is the reason why those things had to happen because I'm able to connect the pieces that's going to make the difference for maybe not right now. Maybe I'm not going to see it. Maybe it'll happen in five years. Maybe it'll happen. In but at some point in time, somebody is going to reap the benefits of our struggles. <laughs> and I'm yeah. laughing because you have to laugh to keep from crying um, yeah. in real life. Um, well, it's the idea of this, like, of divine timing, right? That, mm. like, we humans are so attached to this linear perception yes. of time and being able to, we live so much of our lives either in the future or in the past Monday yes. morning backing, and we're just, like, robbing ourselves of the present. And mm -hmm. we just to realize that as much as we in our modern-day society hooks into time, like, if we weren't, I was, I was reading a book yesterday, but it was like, if we weren't around and it was just the trees and the animals and stuff, like nobody's sitting around thinking about time no. <laughs> like, how quick or happening or, or any of that, like we're obsessed with it because it does, it makes our world go round. But like, as much as you can unhook, it's actually a spiritual teacher, Eckhart Tolle. I was reading the power of now yesterday because I needed this lesson again, yeah. but like 
this as much as you can unhook from the pressures of time, the way that we have established them, especially in Western society, mm-hmm. the the happier and more at peace, or I guess I should say peace, maybe not happy, because like peace is it though, right? Like yeah. peace, being in presence, being in the moment, like the more you can do that, that is where we really find the magic of this this life and then to your point i loved what you said as far as like you can't know what the ending is going to be because you probably wouldn't go on the journey totally agree with that (laughs) the other piece being when we think we know what the ending is going to be we'd often write an ending that's smaller than the one that is right we if we don't allow for life to unfold the way it's meant to we will often hold ourselves to smaller expectations. Mm-hmm. Like we want those beyond our wildest dreams and imagination kind of outcomes. Like I just have found, or I'm learning because this is still new for me too, just in the last couple of years. But like the less that I try to steer toward an exact outcome and I let myself be surprised and delighted by life. Yeah. The more beautiful it becomes. Yeah. Better than I could ever imagined for uh, myself. Oh man, I totally agree with you. Even and and this is saying that we're not saying that it's easy because you know I I I I know that I have a problem with relinquishing control um well, it is yeah. it is definitely a struggle of mine I I do my best every day and I'm just gonna keep trying but there are moments yeah. that I have to say like okay I have to let this go there's literally nothing have I done everything that I can do if I've done everything that I can do then wasting time on worrying is doing nothing and then I have yes. to then remind myself hey Remember the last time you worried yourself into Bell's palsy, right? Like it doesn't yes. always have to be external things that cause stress. You can yeah. do it to yourself, right? And Oof. so it's just a reminder, you know, to myself. That's you know, I always say slaying self-doubt is me. Like, as far as anyone who knows me before my first episode what doesn't know me and most people who see me now they they don't remember right because it's been 20 something years but I know what I look like but I it is my reminder every day that I can't go down that rabbit hole it's my reminder every day that this is what you have to be reminded every day that you have to just let me let let you know surrender to it right and so you even said like surrendering to it like even to the point of um when you were talking about you know we weren't here uh, and the trees and all that stuff whenever I go my parents live in Florida as well and so uh, whenever we're at the beach I'm just always reminded of like dude the waves are going to do what the waves are going to do like no one's <laughs> yes. telling them when to go they they're either if there's a storm coming they rage and when there's not a storm it is peaceful right like just watching it do what it do and it's like what am I I don't control like stuff is happening that is outside of my control. I can't make the wave stop uh, waving, whatever they do, crash. (laughs) I'm trying to think of the word. I can't make the wave stop crashing. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not my job. That's too big for me. But I yes. I believe enough that if the Lord wanted to say, let the, let the sea be calm, it could. And so all I can do is control what is in within my strength. We're out here trying to do something that is above us, that is far beyond what we can imagine. And so that goes to your point of like, when you try to control it, you're going to get a small portion of what you could get if you just surrendered to the movement, if you just surrendered to the journey and, you know, responsibly, right? Like, again, it's not... But you have to know, like, you just have to know yourself. You have to go on this journey with yourself and child. I love it. I love it. So let's talk about Raise to Rise. Um, What is it that you all do? I saw that people can share their stories. Like, how are you getting women to like, tell us all about it? Yes. Well, so I've been collecting stories from women of the great resignation, but it ended up expanding. I've also been collecting the the stories of some of the women who've been stuck, but also a lot of women who have made big leaps prior to the pandemic, because now they've got more of that space between that, that uh, break and, uh, or leap. And now to be able to look back with hindsight, to share their wisdom. 
really the purpose of this was not only to share the stories and for us to be able to see ourselves in other women, but to crowdsource their wisdom and insights for exactly that reason. Because I also deeply believe that as I'm talking with these women, I don't think that some of us are just born. And this is, you know, I'm not, I'm not a scientist, right? I'm a journalist, but I believe that it's not that these women, these ones who are taking these big, bold leaps are necessarily born more inherently confident. Like they're tapping into this wellspring that exists in them that doesn't exist in others. I just think they've had, they've done more self-discovery, flex that muscle, that muscle more often, more risk-taking, um, makes us more uh, able to take bigger risks in the future. And they've also, they've really like built skills and tools to help mm. them in making kinds of moves rather than just relying on this inherent source of confidence. Now, doesn't mean we don't have different personality types and some of us are more, uh, more prone to be open to risk-taking than others. It's not to say that, but I deeply mm. believe when we default to you know, Felicia's just more confident than me. She was just born that way. That's just the way she is. We, that's a way to excuse. Yeah. And not in, not in a way to like, I don't mean that in such a, a negative, like judgmental way, but it's a way that we let ourselves off the hook, I guess you could say. Oh, no, I understand like, exactly what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like we, when we don't, we want to, we need to believe that it, these can, these things can be cultivated in us because I can tell you from all of the data that I've collected from these stories, we can't, but it just can take a long time to get there because of all of the layers of conditioning, the negative yeah. experiences, the things people have told us we can or can't do, the things we believe ourselves uh, about ourselves as far as how much we let our inner critic run our lives. So the the point of all of the Raise to Rise stuff was to crowdsource the wisdom. It's going to become a book and yes. a toolkit. All of that is, is in the works. But my deepest hope for all of this is that like women will see themselves in these other women and develop the confidence, slay that self-doubt, do what it is that they need to do to be able to trust their gut and mm. know that they know what's best for them. And to have these these uh, resources at their fingertips to make that feel like a possibility, so that we don't just default to, well, I just wasn't born that confident. Mm -hmm. I could mm -hmm. never do it, and just shut it down because that doesn't do the world misses out. Honestly, Felicia, when we do that, we miss out on innovation and creativity, yeah. and impact that women have to make in this world when they walk. And if we shut down that part of us that knows we are meant for something bigger and meant for something greater, we all lose out, not yeah. just us personally. Man, that is so, yeah, I, you are absolutely right. And I, what you are doing is basically, I mean, you're basically bringing the voice, bringing the stories to the forefront so that, like you said, so people are able to see themselves in others. And to the women who are willing to share their stories, like the bravery that they have. And I think yes. that just like, yeah, just like even in, in what we're doing, like the things that I've been able to see during this time, right? During the, the, the pandemic and how women are stepping up to say, we will no longer just sit on the sidelines. Like we are creating our legacy we are creating yes. space, uh, brave and safe spaces for women to show up. And so I definitely encourage you to um, continue to do what you do. I know that there will be so many women who are going to be impacted, so many families, the the amount of businesses, dreams, the things that will come from people finding that peace and being able to walk away from um, tradition, because that's all it is, right? Yes. Like a, yep. a, a traditional nine to five is just tradition. Um, but to be able to walk and create something of their own and really be able to trust themselves and believe that greater is in front of them. Um, you know, you're gonna you're a piece to that puzzle. Like we're 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 out here doing it together. This is a part of slaying self doubt. Yes. This is a part of the journey too, sis. Okay. Yes, <laughs> yes. A rising tide lifts all boats, and like the more that we as women, because part of the sort of the way of working with workplaces being designed by men for men, women, mm -hmm. we've been there's an undercurrent of competition amongst us, honestly, yes. because we've had to fight to have a seat at the table, and it was always there was a scarcity mindset because there weren't 
enough seats mm-hmm. for all of us. If you look back historically, like our our you know mothers and grandmothers fought a good fight to give us the chance to be here. And so there's this, like, there can be these undercurrents of competition that are left in scarcity. And the more that we can be like, no, like I'm yeah. going to shake all of that off. I don't subscribe to it. I am here to not only better my life and my future, my family's lives, but to support other women along the way, because we all deserve this. And there's enough room for all of Everybody. us. Everybody. Our truth the better off we will all be. Yes, yes. I love it. Thank you so much, Sarah, Sarah for sh- sharing. I'm look, I'm saying Sarah and sharing together. Um, thank you so much, Sarah, for sharing today, sharing your journey, sharing what you do. How can people connect with you? If someone wants to get in contact with you to share their story, uh, where would they be able to find you? Yes. If you go to raise to rise.com and that's raise as in like burn it down <laughs> to build it back up, raise <laughs> And uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn and Instagram as Sarah J. McElroy. Uh, I'm saying share now too. Um, (laughs) Happy to chat with anyone. I love speaking with women who are passionate about this or looking for uh, a little bit of help or guidance, anything along those lines, sharing their stories, whatever speaks to your heart. I'm here. Feel free to reach out. Yes, I love it. Thank you so much. Welcome to the Slaying Self-Doubt community, um, nation. I'm trying to figure out tribe, family, all, all of those it. things. Okay, the journey, all of that. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Felicia. Yes, truly an honor to be here. Oh, you are so welcome. All right, y'all, that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to share, subscribe, rate, and review. Remember to head over to Facebook and Instagram and follow me at Slaying Self-Doubt. Oh, wait, don't forget, go to my YouTube channel and watch this episode. And remember to press the subscribe button. Until next week, see ya. At Granger. We're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.